It's one of the reasons why I call my podcast and my platform Flourish in the Forum. It really is a nod to, to nature. Now, a plant can, can be in an ecosystem, and it can be even a native ecosystem, and it can grow, and it can bloom, and things like that. It can also be placed in a foreign ecosystem and really thrive, right? Yeah. It can even be, you know, invasive and take over. That's another conversation. But it yes. can still grow. And I think that is the thing that I, I always want people to understand is that your native ecosystem is wonderful, but it yeah. may not be the place for you to actually bloom, for you to actually thrive in a way that you possibly don't even understand that you could. Welcome to Flourish in the Foreign, an award-winning podcast that celebrates, elevates, and affirms the voices and stories of Black women living and thriving abroad, while exploring living abroad as a pathway to wellness. I'm your host, Christine Job a Black American woman with Trinidadian roots, podcaster, business strategist, and entrepreneur based in Valencia, Spain. Hey everyone, welcome to Flourish in the Foreign. I'm Christine, your host. Thanks for tuning in. For those of you who are not on the Flourish in the Foreign newsletter, you're missing out. You know why? I've announced that I am running the only live version of the Move Abroad with Intention course this year. And it kicks off on Saturday, August 5th. And also, it is currently 50% off. Five zero. Now, y'all would have known this if you were part of the email list because... They've been knowing about it for like, I don't maybe a week, perhaps. But those of you on the podcast who listen, I appreciate you. You need to go ahead and sign up for the newsletter, okay? You can take 50% off not only the live course, but the self-study course by using the code SUMMER50, okay? For those of you that don't know about the Move Abroad with Intention course, it is a five-week course. And we go through everything that you need to not only move abroad, but what? To thrive abroad. The course is really centered on sustainability and longevity. And to be able to use this move as a springboard into a life well lived. So in the course, we go from visioning and really getting clear about what you're wanting and expecting from this next chapter of your life to jobs, work, employment, you know, professional sustainability. Then we go into money, money management. We also talk about what to take and what not to take, girl, because you don't need to take everything. Promise you. But there are some things you should be taking 100%. And then we talk about settling in because as I've said so many times on this podcast, it is not about changing location. Your life will not magically become amazing just because you are setting down roots somewhere else. No, no, no. It is a cultivation. So I'm going to give you some tips about how to cultivate community, which I do know something about. I've lived abroad now for six years in Spain, and I have a thriving and robust community that I sometimes talk about on LinkedIn. (laughs) 
oddly enough, I say that proudly as an introvert that I have the community that I wanted. So that's really important. And then, of course, we talk about not only long-term stay, but what you need to do if you decide to repatriate. And then I'm throwing in a bonus week all about building a business abroad. Yes. So if you are interested in chatting with me for five weeks live and everybody else in the cohort about your move abroad strategy, about your live abroad strategy, about your thrive abroad strategy, this is the time to sign up 50% off. Use the code SUMMER50 and I hope to see you there. All right. On to the next episode. Season 4, Episode 20. Today's episode is an interview that I did with Dr. Marta de Madriaga Lopez of Harmonia Solutions based out of the UK. This is a really great interview that I did. I actually forget how our paths really crossed, but Marta reached out to me last year to do this IG live with her. And we really hit it off and it was such a really great conversation to be had. Now, Marta is a consultant clinical psychologist with over 15 years of experience working in both public and private sectors. She is Spanish, but her practice, and she is based at least part-time in the UK. So our conversation was really interesting because her clinical interests lie in neuropsychology, cross-cultural and community psychology. And so I know you all will really enjoy this conversation that Marta and I had. So without further ado, I'm going to let Marta and I tell you all about it. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed our previous conversation, so I'm really excited to chat more today. I know it was it was brilliant. I just yes, I, I I'm really I really enjoyed myself talking to you about about all the stuff that you do. Well, Christine, you are an award winning podcaster, helping helping black women to really flourish in in their business in this business is just amazing. And and you do so so many other things. You're writing a book at the moment, I believe. And that has been let's call it a, it's a stretch. I've been pushing my leading edge for <laughs> to get the book done. Uh, and it's been wonderful as well. So I can't wait to talk more about it. It would be it'll be brilliant. Yes. I love I love to hear a bit more about it because last time we really couldn't talk much about the book. I guess to start, there is something that I really love in in your in your website that you that you say it. So you said going abroad is an intentional act of defiance. It's just it's just so powerful that sentence. It's just amazing. So tell it, tell well, tell me a little bit more about about you again and new things, please. Yeah, I love that sentence. So I definitely will talk about that. But for everyone who doesn't know me, I'm Christine. I am an American living abroad. I live in Valencia, Spain, and I have a podcast and a platform called Flourish in the Form that is all about elevating and amplifying the voices and stories of Black women across the diaspora who choose to live 
and thrive abroad and really exploring living abroad as a pathway to wellness. And so when I'm speaking about living abroad as an act of defiance, I'm really speaking about taking what you know and what you've been entrenched in and deciding to leave it and to explore and be curious and to go into the unknown. I think sometimes people think like living abroad as an act of defiance is necessarily an act of rejection. And I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so, no matter what your circumstances are. I'm American, so we could talk about American politics all day. But <laughs> it's not, I'm not rejecting that. I'm really deciding that what societal context, what societal timeline has been placed upon me, what societal expectations have been placed upon me as a Black American woman with Caribbean roots, I reject that. You know, I defy those things. I decide to, to define myself and to define my life and the vision of a life well lived for myself. I decide to reject what people may think is best for me or think that what, or what they think that I can obtain or what I should aspire to or what I should do with my time. So living abroad is an act of defiance. It isn't as, you know, fun as maybe being a teenager when sometimes you're just, you know, a rebel without a cause. You're just busy for no reason, right? right. I, I think it's, it's a little bit more, it's, it's deeper than that. It's, it doesn't have to be serious, but it is, but I always say it's, it's a cultivation. The defiance isn't automatic from I left Atlanta, I live in Spain, I'm defiant. It really is about challenging the programming inside of yourself which sometimes we don't even recognize how much we have absorbed, you know, of ours, of our society, no matter how we were raised, even if our parents were, you know, hippies and counterculture or whatever, there's a lot that still comes in. There's a lot of assumptions and beliefs that we still adhere to. And by being placed in a foreign place, meaning they do not share the same culture, they do not share the same assumptions and beliefs about the world, or the values, you are there, therefore placed in a position where you, you inherently experience dissonance. You inherently are resistant to it, no matter how open you are, because it's not, the changes that you're feeling are not just the changes that you've been wanting, right? It's not just like, oh, there's less traffic, yay. It's all these other things that you weren't counting on, the change, the differences, right? And so being placed in that kind of atmosphere really requires you to defy your own understanding of the world, defy your own definition of who you are, and understand how much of your deeply held uh, assumptions and beliefs of who you are may actually be counter to the vision of yourself, the vision of a life well lived, and Indeed. therefore reconciled. Indeed. It's, we, we have inherited uh, from... From, from our parents, our society, our ancestors, a set of beliefs that are just intrinsic, become intrinsic without us questioning them. And then it's the process of undoing that, that may start earlier on, but sometimes it doesn't. So when did that process start for you? When did you start realizing that, hold on a second here, I don't, I don't think I agree with this. Um, I think that I would say, one, my context is 
on my father's side of my family, my father and my grandparents all immigrated from Trinidad to New York uh, right. in the 70s. So I come from immigrants and people who move and who decide, oh, I don't like it, I'm going to move. And they moved from New York <laughs> to like this very small town in Texas, which like makes no sense still to me to this day. It's like ridiculous. It is very thick. Trinidadian accent in the middle of Texas, and I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> so it, that's part of it. Like for me, recognizing that you can always move. There's there the need to fulfill something inside of you, a purpose, whether it be for economical wellness or whatever it is, can always be achieved. You can always move, and movement is really powerful, energetically or physically. Mm. I would also say that. My mom's side of the family, I always call them a small nomadic tribe of women who are similar. Like they would just get up and move, whether it was for you know economic reasons or if it was just when my grandmother was alive, there was a time when she would just like go places and not tell anyone. And then she'd come <laughs> back and say, Oh yeah, I went to Aruba. And we're like, What? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you want to inform people? And it was like, No, I'm gonna do whatever I want. So I think that because there's always been a spirit of I can go, I can do. Now, when I started recognizing that perhaps the society that I was living in maybe not be a great fit for me, that's hard to pinpoint. But I will say that when I was 10 years old, my father was living in Germany. And so I would go see him for the summertime. And I, all my friends were like, aren't you scared? And I was like, no, I've been traveling. And I didn't speak any German. I spoke just enough German to go to the bakery every day to ask for my favorite pastry. And they're just like, look at this <laughs> chubby American asking for the pastry every single day. So I'm like, okay. But for me, I, I always point, I pinpoint to that time because I recognized that particularly like I was in Germany, my mother was in the United States. So it was still this thought of we are under the same sky. We are still under the same moon. And then I started thinking when I was 10 that who else was under the same sky? Who else was under the same moon? It was started like with those kind of thoughts. And then I would say as I got older and I'm from the Southern United States, so there is a particular societal timeline for, for life, yeah. right? So still it's very common for people to get married out of high school and then out of college, you know, when you're 21, 22, perfectly normal. If you wait till after graduate school, when you're 25, 26, you're kind of pushing it. You, you know, hard to get married. So I think as I started getting older, I started recognizing that a lot of these assumptions were just ill-fitting for me. Yeah. A lot of, and it came actually from my friends and my, yeah, you know, my friends who are all very well-meaning. You start recognizing when you start when you start changing, you start thinking differently. The people who are like reflecting back their environment to you. And I have an example, but this was, by this time in 2014, I had already decided I was gonna live abroad. So I just walked the Camino de Santiago here in Spain, um, and I had returned home. Where you live at the moment, isn't it? Yes, that you live in at the moment in Spain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I returned back to the United States. I had horrible tendonitis in my feet. I was like, you know, just really banged up because it's, you know, 800 kilometers. I was like hurting. <laughs> And my friend said, oh, please come to this party. It was her husband's party. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to come to this party. I go to the party, and everyone was like, oh, you just did this big thing. Tell us about it. But before I could even say anything, one person said, oh, what are the men like in Spain? And I just thought to myself, 
I just walked across the country. You know, <laughs> I just walked across this country. I had so many revelations. I had, I let go of so much stuff. I really became someone that I didn't know I could become. And you want me to talk about men? And I think that was when I was like, I've done so many interesting things in my life. By then I'd gone to law school. I did a startup. I had my own consultancy. I had all of these things going on. And I just did this really cool thing. And yet my worth or like my interest revolved around men. And I'm not saying that other parts of the world don't have the same kind of issue, but I just found it to be so silly and so ridiculous. And for me, I was tired of, of that to being like the constant refrain of like, but what about men? What about a man? What about a husband and things like that? I yeah. wanted to be in an environment that supported my identity, my vision of a life well lived. Now, partnership is really important to me and I think it's a wonderful thing, but it is not like the central focus of my life. It just mm. isn't. And it definitely wasn't back then. And so, you know, particularly moving to Spain, a country where uh, obviously I'm a foreigner, so no one's really expecting me to adhere to any, you know, societal norms. Obviously be respectful and be, you know, uh, a contributing member of the community, but no one's really expecting me to conform to whatever they feel like is the right Spanish lifestyle for a young woman, right? And also it's a, it's a country where people are starting to not get married and get partnered later and later on in life. So no one's looking at me like, what's wrong with you? They're just yeah. like, yes, okay, yes. foreigner, go do whatever you want. So for me, it's, it's all this kind of combination of factors that kind of really just aided to me realizing that, you know, this wasn't a good fit for me and there were other fits for me. And to even be brave enough to explore that, because I think oftentimes we feel that there's something wrong with us, we need to conform, or we should want these things because everybody else wants these things. Yeah, we should fit in. That's what, that's what, especially we are very vulnerable in earlier in life. We need to fit in. And if most of my friends say, we're looking to get married, have children, the house, the dogs, the cats, the, the certain car, and to be in a certain club, then it sort of, it leaves, it can leave us all very, it can leave us all really, not all, but most people, because we are very different, can leave us feeling inadequate and we really don't fit in. And then mental health issues can develop and, and, and a life, an unfulfilled life that doesn't, a limited, very limited life where you can, you can know this short period of time that we are here, people not fulfilling whatever it is, the dreams that may be and, and feel a little bit uncomfortable but go for it and, and get outside of that of that comfort zone is what is going to help the growth and, and uh, allowing to know you yourself. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's one of the reasons why I call my podcast and my platform Flourish in the Forum. It really is a nod to, to, to a plant and to nature. Now, a plant can, can be in an ecosystem and it could be even a native ecosystem, and it can grow, and it can bloom, and things like that. It can also be placed in a foreign ecosystem and really thrive, right? Yeah. It can even be, you know, invasive and take over. That's another conversation. But yes. it can still grow, 
And I think that is the thing that I, I always want people to understand is that your native ecosystem is wonderful, but it yeah. may not be the place for you to actually bloom, for you to actually thrive in a way that you possibly don't even understand that you could. Because for a lot of us, we don't even understand how much we're holding back, holding ourselves back in fear of judgment or in fear of, of not fitting in or, or not even recognizing that things are even a possibility. Exactly. Other thing too, right? We go abroad and we see how people live and you're like, wait, what? There's other ways to eat breakfast. There's other ways to communicate. There's other ways to live and be. A lot of things just open up and you give yourself permission to explore, to, to be curious, to try on what's best for you. And in that process, you, I feel, unlock the space of really deep growth, of thriving. It's a space that there, it, it's not about surviving and it's not status quo. Energetically, it feels just differently. And I think it manifests in your body physically in a different way as well. So I think people really understand that. But it is it is that flourishing, not just surviving and and giving yourself that permission, maybe giving yourself that space to, you know, plant your roots somewhere else, to, you know, unfurl your leaves to a different sun. You know, yeah, it's, it's exactly. uh, really important. It is yes, it is incredibly important. I'm just it just remind me of of arriving of arriving, it was it was Zimbabwe that I arrived to probably in my in, in my thirties I was already, and just at that moment of arriving and noticing almost the the lifting of the physical experience of all those beliefs don't count here. I I I don't know I don't know anything, and it's a humbling space to be in. You feel that you are you are here to learn, and 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 people receive you in a different way when when you are in that state. I haven't very rarely when I've been traveling, I've gone to different places. I've I've seen people that are well not good or or, unf or unfriendly or they everyone is is there is an energy the the, the energy is noticeable and everyone. Is ready to help. Is ready to uh, to open up to to give you a a tip or two should you need it and how to how to where to go and things that may be ac uh, not acceptable. Interesting word, acceptable. <laughs> but that would be that might make your life easier. That have nothing to do with what you known until then. I agree. I think you know, especially if there's ever language you know barriers. I think it allows us to really tap into energy. And to be able to use our intuition and energy to be able to assess situations. Just because I can't communicate, that would be, you know, unfortunate. But just because I can't communicate doesn't mean the situation is necessarily dangerous. It doesn't mean that people are necessarily out to get me or something like that. Also, I think what has been really fascinating is that, you know, there's different, uh, you know, manners or whatever is so socially acceptable. So that sometimes can be hard for people. But I think if we sit in that discomfort of being, you know, like, why are you here? You know, perhaps, you know, if you're on the continent, they may be like, why are you here? You're white. Why are you here? Yes. Or I'm in Spain and they're like, what are you doing here? Where are you? You're from Africa. I'm like, originally, but no, I'm from the United States, you know. 
if we can sit in that space and and not be so resistant to it and understand yeah. the energy in which it's coming from, I think a lot can be we can we can grow a lot, a lot can be unfolded there. And we can be helped a lot because honestly, I feel like most people do just want to help. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Flourish in the Foreign. And if you are, be sure to support this podcast by going to buymeacoffee.com slash flourish foreign and buying me a coffee. You can also write a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and anywhere else you listen to the show. Thank you so much for listening and supporting. Now, back to the episode. They're very curious. They're always very, very curious. I mean, to this day, I live in Valencia. It's the the third largest city in Spain. People are always still like, you are the, I'm just the most different person they've seen today, apparently, or something, you know what I mean? I have, you know, red hair. I have dark skin. I don't know, I wear bright clothes. They can't tell if I'm a student or a tourist. I have this very funky style. And that's just what it is. And I, I think if we lean into that, because I feel the part that people want to skip over is the discomfort. Yes. And yet exactly. the discomfort is actually where the wellness resides. So for me, the discomfort, the dissonance, the resistance, the feeling of this is different. You know, I don't want pan con tomate for breakfast. I want, you know, cereal with Lucky Charms. That's what I want. You know, it's not available. Yeah. But in that space of resistance is actually an opportunity for choice. And oftentimes, people say they want freedom of choice, and yet they're overwhelmed by the possibility. So if we open it all the way up, it becomes overwhelming and crushing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I always am like, Take a beat. No one says that you have to say, I want fun con tomate. I love it. No one says you have to, like, let's not pretend. If you, that's not what you want, that's not what you want. Take a beat and remember that, you know, you're moving, you're living here for a reason. And it's, it's, it's supposed to be in alignment with the vision of the life that you have. In that moment of pause, you can decide to consciously choose curiosity. Yes. You can constantly choose surrender to the situation and be open and allow that situation to unfold and perhaps teach you more about yourself than you would have ever known if you had demanded lucky charms. I always talk about breakfast because, one, people are very aggressive and passionate about breakfast all around the world. If you go to expat forums, people will complain and complain. You know, maybe the Brits will say, I don't have my beans and all those things. Indeed. Like, okay, you're in Thailand. No, you don't have beans. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it is what it is. But in that moment, you know, it's silly because it's breakfast, but it applies to all of the moments of resistance that we feel when we live abroad or in life. We can take that beat and be curious. Mm-hmm. And if, if the situation is not detrimental, you know, if it's not dangerous, it's not going to aid in some kind of harm towards us. If we can be curious and allow it to unfold and allow us to show us a different way, that's where the wellness is. And the the freedom. Exactly. The lifestyle that we're looking for, a lifestyle well-lived or a life well-lived abroad is in those changes. 
it's not just in a change of location. It's in it's in small micro choices and decisions that are intentional that become habit, that become preferences, that change your palate, perhaps, yeah. right? These are the changes that actually lead to a life well lived abroad, that lead to sustainable uh, wellness abroad. Because we have to recognize that the wellness that we seek is not just a rejection of toxic environmental situations, whether it be environmental or maybe it's like, you know, interpersonal. It also has to do with the toxicity that we hold inside ourselves, whether it be through assumptions and beliefs or preferences. We prefer things that are not good for us. You know, we all Indeed. Exactly. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. It's, it's in that dissonance. It's in that resistance yeah. because it's not going to feel like fairy dust and warm and like kitten. It's going to feel difficult sometimes. Exactly. That's the cultivation. That's the surrender. Those small choices to choose curiosity, to choose openness instead of resistance, instead of being hard, is, is where there, the welcome is. Yeah. Is this exactly where where the the choice resides? Is where your own that uncomfortableness that might be found in the body or in the thoughts, in the kind of thoughts that come, is where the is where the the inner you is saying, okay, are we sure about this? Is this what we want? Shall we shall we shall we shall we put it in the balance and 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 choose? And then you find that that freedom. That is that's that's exactly it and find that that point of of in conformity or and, and non and, and anxiety free about mm-hmm. non-perfection it's it's not gonna be it's not gonna be perfect it's not gonna be perhaps in the way that you imagined it as it, life abroad isn't but it is going to be an opportunity to open up to be more limited more in a way of limitless rather than limited to certain choices the choices that you think are the only ones that one has so yes we are we've we've opened uh, we've overrun a little so i hope we're not keeping you here but i was wondering whether in the last in the last five minutes you can tell us a little bit about about your your book just just so we we get to know and perhaps uh, perhaps we we, we understand a little bit what you are writing about. Yeah, so the book is called Flourish from the Foreign, A Black Woman's Guide to Living Well Abroad. And it's all about really exploring living abroad as a pathway to wellness in a holistic way. It's not a book that's about like, this is how you get the visa, and then you just go and do. Right? <laughs> yeah, there are lots of those around. <laughs> There's a lot of people that say that, and so I think it's great. So go get their yeah. book. Yeah. This book is really about people who are interested in cultivating, utilizing this next chapter of their life. Because living abroad is a new chapter. I, I, I hope everyone knows that. It's, it's a hassle to leave your country or move to any country. So that's definitely a new chapter in your life, regardless if you think it's not going to be or not. Like, it is. It is so, a completely different chapter. It's a completely different chapter. And so the book is aimed at really helping you to center that vision, to get clear on that vision. Because I find, as I'm a Black woman, I speak from that perspective and my life experience, also noting that the experiences of Black women are not monolithic whatsoever. But I will speak for myself, being Caribbean and American, 
is that I feel that in this modern world, I wasn't able to, and perhaps other women were not able to have deep contemplation as they as they started to sort out their lives. And that is a huge detriment. If you cannot think deeply about what you want, what you feel, what you desire, what you require, there's mm-hmm. no way that you're going to somehow stumble onto a life that is fulfilling, mm-hmm. that is sustaining you in a way that, that is life-giving, that makes you feel that you are fulfilled in all aspects of your life. It just doesn't work that way. It requires deep contemplation. Our modern society doesn't want us to think deeply because if we thought deeply, then perhaps a lot of things would be different. Yes. <laughs> you might not buy the things they want you to buy or be in a consumer. Yes, yes, of course. And so the book is really centered on that deep contemplation. It is, it's completely different from, I think, sometimes some of this media that frames living abroad in any context, whoever does it. As, a, as an escapism, as romanticism. And I don't think that is, I don't think that is helpful. You can romanticize no. your life, but to think that moving to another country, another city, putting on another culture is going to solve all your problems is completely incorrect. And it is going to set you up for so much heartache. I want this to be a deep kind of knowingness. I want the women to find their true core, their true North Star, and then from that space, develop a a plan to then explore the world to find what is in alignment with who they are and what they're desiring. I always tell people that when I I want you to think about your life abroad, what does a life well-lived abroad look like? People are like, what does that mean? I always say, I don't want you to think about your highest and best self, okay? But people are like, what? No. I'm like, yeah, I don't want you to think about your highest and best self. My highest and best self meditates for an hour every day, does my hip openers every day. I don't know, like talk to hummingbird. Like, it's like very amazing. And although we're in alignment with getting there sometime, maybe yeah, one time, maybe not, that's not what I actually want to base this decision of moving abroad about. I actually tell people, I want you to think about your the favorite version of yourself. The like the juicy, like sensual, luxurious, maybe naughty, like the, <laughs> your favorite version of yourself. What are you doing? What are you experiencing? Being able to vision vision that and write that down and use that also with, you know, the other aspects of your life, of what your definition for wellness would be financially, professionally, and then utilize that as a North Star for your life well-lived. But I want you to, I don't want you to think that living abroad, I have to meditate for an hour. If that's not your favorite version of yourself, if that's your favorite version of yourself, cool. If my favorite version of myself is giving dinner parties, I love it. Obviously being in the pandemic has been horrible. But I love this intimacy. I'm an introvert, so I love the intimacy of a dinner party, of pouring wine. People are like, no, no, no. And I say, yes, yes, yes. And and having laughter and and being, you know, having my balcony doors open. I live in the city center, so there's always music coming in. That is part of, you know, my favorite version of myself, being able to walk around and and wake up slow. I still wake up early, but I wake up slow. I go to the gym, I go to Pilates, I go for a walk. I do the things that really feel 
just delicious. I yeah. do. I do things that are delicious. I do things that are not delicious. I take them Indeed. But, but, you know, but I want people to really move from that space because for so long we've been told that mm, you can have dessert after dinner, you, but after all of this, you know, icky things. And I'm yeah. like, no, you can have dessert now. You can yeah. enjoy your life now. And perhaps you realize that you don't want you know, the cotton candy, whatever, for dessert. Maybe you actually prefer mango, right? That's what the value alignment is. If you recognize what they sold you as what you should aspire to really isn't what you want and what you really desire, what really satiates you, fills you, is something completely different. And so what it feels like for you to be luxuriating and what is for you may look completely different from other people. People might be like, it's luxurious for you to be in a garden all day. And it's like, yes, that is where I feel the most sensual or what have you. That is delicious to me. And that's what I want people to do. And so the book is really based on a reframing of living abroad, how to not only go abroad, but how to really live, how to re-engage that part of us that maybe was deadened through this kind of toxic kind of atmosphere to really trust ourselves to know what is best for ourselves to also bet on ourselves and to recognize that the cultivation of a life well lived is just that it's cultivation so it's not going to be given to you but how wonderful is it that you get to put your hands in the soil assess the acidity assess what is it that i want to grow here drop your 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 seeds and nurture that to come to life and then reap the harvest of it it's really yeah. fantastic there's something about about what you're saying that that expectation that that nurturing is going to bring whatever it is that you have planned that it would bring and that if we can move away from from that and just again be curious about what can happen from that nurturing, from that cultivation. It, it really helps to, to, again, to achieve that freedom, to be curious, to be open, to be, to be acceptance. Again, has, perhaps that word is, is one that sometimes is misconstrued, but it's just to really be in the moment with what it happens. Perhaps it's not so comfortable. Perhaps it's more comfortable. It sounds amazing. I love to, I really look forward to, to that, to reading, to reading your book. Let, let us know when, when it comes out. Just one last thing. I know that again, we are all running. Sorry, everyone, but this no. is, I, I'm very curious to, to know what is perhaps the last, one of the, the, the last things that the events that you have perhaps attended recently or people that you have met that have been inspir- experiences that you, you might have, have had like, like the Santiago, but the recent ones that have been inspiring to you and, and and perhaps and why just before we go on today is there is there anything that you might have in um, in your mind yeah and it's going to be a shocker i think <laughs> i went, i did a speed dating event did you? last month i've never done speed dating in the states anywhere i was like no that's not for me but i did it just to be like let's be open let's just try things and it was such a lovely experience. And it was such a lovely experience because one, not only was everyone open, but it was, it was an interesting 
it was an interesting reframe, at least for me. I found everyone fascinating. I found everyone lovely. I found everyone like sensual and interesting. I didn't want to date anyone. <laughs> it was such a, but it was such an interesting experience for me because I recognized that oftentimes it really is in the eye of the beholder. We come into situations and we disregard everything and everyone. And, but if we are open to just receiving whatever someone is trying to give you, whatever that energy exchange is going to be, it can be so lovely. Yes. It's so fulfilling. I told all these people about it. They're like, what? He dated? Because like, it was so amazing. I think everybody was like, right? They were like, I don't know about that. Oh, this is I think it was because of how I approached it. But it yeah. was such a, a humbling experience. I want to always be that open. I want to be, I want to be always that playful. I want to always be that curious about people and places because even if it's not what I'm looking for, yes. it's still quite lovely. And yes. I feel like we we do ourselves a disservice when we come in with so much, I don't know, rigidity or something like that, like so much expectations or this has to be the one or you're not what I want. So I just I just scarred you completely as a person, you know? Yes, and the person is trying to give the best they can and and you rejecting one is can reject them in, in that way. We all try and in that situation to give the best we can. And I feel like that's something that could be applicable to not only romantic or other interpersonal relationships, but even when you're thinking about traveling, you know, when things aren't what you are looking for, but how can you be curious and receptive in that moment to be receptive to whatever this place is trying to give you, these people are trying to give you, even if it wasn't what you're looking for and how lovely that could be because it can really be so nourishing in a way that you weren't even expecting. I feel like that has a, that's been really profound. I keep on talking about it to everyone and people think I'm crazy. They're just like, okay, so you just want to be all the time. You're just well, looking for a man. That's yes. just, I'm just looking for amazing interaction. A connection. I'm having the best right now. And I feel yeah. like it's because I'm open for good interaction. You know. That's what you get, a good interaction with our expectations of what may come afterwards. Thank you for that, for sharing that with us. I think I think we were going to look at speed dating is slightly different from now on. Thank you so much. So it's been inspirational. It's really amazing chat with you today. And um, I hope to, uh, to talk to you very soon again. Thank you again, Marta, Dr. Marta de Madriaga Lopez. You are so wonderful, and I cannot wait to connect with you again. If you all are interested in learning more about Marta and her practice, if you're based in the UK, I highly suggest you reach out to her. You can find out more information about her practice at Armonia, which would be harmoniasolutions.co.uk. That's H-A-R-M-O-N-I-A solutions.co.uk. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Flourish in the Foreign. So as you have probably noticed, this is the end of season four. We're doing some throwbacks and things like that. I hope you're enjoying that as I take a little bit of a rest and as I prepare to bring you all brand new interviews by phenomenal 
exceptional, incredible black women for season five. Season five will kick off in September and I'm super excited to bring that to you all. But also please remember that this is a solo indie podcast, which means that I am not a part of a network and I am the producer, creator, host, editor, and everything of this podcast. So please be sure to support this podcast like y'all support Hulu, Disney Plus, and Netflix. Y'all know this podcast is a labor of love, but labor nonetheless. And I love seeing your comments like in the wild. And I really love it because you guys being, you know, name dropping flourish on the floor. And sometimes you're not even tagging me. I just like stumble upon it. And that makes me feel so good. <laughs> and I love it when you guys tell me that you love the podcast or the podcast is your favorite podcast. Like, Gas me up, girl. Gas me up. Okay. Besides gassing me up, there are plenty of ways for you to support this here podcast. Now, y'all know that you can always buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash flourish foreign. I've started a buy me a coffee community. You can sign up to support Flourish Some Foreign on a monthly basis, which I would greatly, greatly appreciate. And there are so many different benefits that you can get. Monthly coffee chats with me, where we just talk about different topics in the news. And I am somewhat of like a geopolitical and history nerd. So I will always have something to talk to y'all about <laughs> when I'm talking about like these living abroad streets and how it affects our mobility around the world. And of course, just answering y'all's questions. I have heard back from some of y'all that do want the book club back. And guess what? The book club is going to be part of the community as well. And how about something? I'm in the process of locking in another author chat that y'all going to love. Okay, you're going to love so much. And the author chat will be exclusive to the community. Now, the audio will be edited down and go on the podcast. But the author chat where you can... Come in with your questions for the author, meet the author, chat, and all these types of things. That's just for the community, okay? And so many other behind-the-scenes things I'm going to let y'all come in on. I'm even going to do some behind-the-scenes on my life, which y'all know, if you follow me on social media, I don't really do. But I will, and I'll give you some some of my favorite things in like Barcelona, in Valencia, in Spain, and all my travels. That's all going to be behind the scenes, though. That is a buy me a coffee community. Now, if you just want to buy me a coffee every once in a while, that's totally fine. I appreciate you. But if you want to join the community, I'd love to have y'all because I really do like chatting with y'all. And I used to chat with y'all a lot more. So let's get into it. That's a major way to support the podcast. Now, how else can you support the podcast? Be sure that you have subscribed to the podcast, that you have written a review for the podcast. Share the podcast with your community, your email list, your friends, your family, your blog, your blog. Let everybody know about Flourish in the Foreign. That's that's how you support this here podcast. And be sure to be following Flourish in the Foreign across all social media channels, okay? At Flourish Foreign. And as always, big thanks to Zachary Higgs, who produced the music of this here podcast. Remember... It's not about moving abroad. It's not about being abroad. It's about flourishing abroad. So 
Go abroad and cultivate a life well lived. See you next time.